There is a huge housing shortage in our country and it's only getting worse. In this video, I cover how big of a gap we have and how we can invest our way out. Welcome to Real Estate Investing with Kenny Wolf, the show with weekly topics designed to help you learn how to build your ideal life through real estate investing. My name is Kenny Wolf, and I've been a real estate syndicator and investor for over 11 years now. And in this time, I've built a successful real estate investment firm, Wolf Investments. If you're new to the show, make sure to subscribe so you're notified when a new episode comes out. Just about a decade ago, the words housing shortage were typically only mentioned when talking about cities such as Los Angeles, New York City, San Francisco, and Washington, D.C. It was thought as a coastal state issue for the most part. In this past decade, home and apartment builders failed to keep pace with the growing demand across the country. Back in 2018, Bertie Mac stated that we had a shortfall of 2.5 million housing units. Now, when they say housing unit, they mean a single family home or apartment. Fast forward to 2020 data and they report that we are now 3.8 million housing units short. As you can see, it's only getting worse. Up for Growth is a research group focused on the national housing shortage. They've stated that from 2012 to 2019, supply worsened in 47 states and DC. And in 310 of the nation's metros, three quarters of those supply was either dwindling or the shortage was getting worse leading up into COVID. The other thing to consider is the type of single family homes that were being built. So not only do we have an overall shortage of single family homes, but that number gets really skewed because the percentage of starter homes is a lot less than it's been in the 1970s and 1980s. In 1982, 40% of the new single family homes were entry level houses of 1400 square feet or lower. In 1989, that went down to 24% of new builds going to starter homes. In the 1990s, construction was increasing due to lower interest rates and we averaged just under 1 million new single-family homes a year. And with starter homes only making up about 20% of that new supply. In the first decade in the 2000s, construction was up big due to low interest rates and the extreme ease for borrowers to get loans. Now we all know what happened due to those easy loans. And again, this decade saw a lower percentage of starter homes as part of the build mix. On average, there were only 150,000 starter homes built a year in the 2000s. You compare that to 210,000 in the 1990s, and this gets even crazier. And in the 2010s, we averaged only 55,000 starter homes across the nation a year. And yet our population grew from 200 million people in 1970 to about 339 million people in 2022. So we've not only not kept up with overall housing supply needs, but there is even more of a housing shortage for starter homes. This definitely has affected not only single family housing prices, but also forced rents up as there's more demand for not enough supply. And both housing prices and rents have had huge gains in the past two years and it was partly due to the housing shortage. The $5.8 trillion worth of cash sitting in individual American checking and savings accounts caused by the cash pumped into the system due to COVID didn't help that either with housing costs due to inflation. So what is causing the housing shortage? It's simple economics, really. We have more population growth and demand for housing than what's been supplied by the market. And not only that, but building starter homes started to go out of vogue in the 1970s. You have to move roughly the same amount of dirt and do the same amount of site work for a 1400 square foot house as you do a 3000 square foot house. So there's more profit for builders there on the bigger houses. And the margins are better for interior upgrades as well compared to the starter home. Then you've had population growth outpace the single family home construction as well. When demand is greater than supply, we see pricing going up. 
So now the question is, why has overall housing not kept up with demand? There are many factors as to why there has been a headwind on building more housing. The Associated General Contractors of America has cited labor shortage as a huge culprit, and Freddie Mac also adds that land use regulations, zoning restrictions preventing supply from picking up in areas which have the most demand, not in my backyard, lack of land developers, and land to develop as all major headwinds. In 2020, the supply chain was disrupted in a major way and we had a huge jump in materials costs due to inflation and supply chain issues. Lumber made the biggest headlines with a 150% jump in cost. And at one of our development projects at Wolf Investments, the issue came up whether we should use light gauge steel for interior framing or lumber. When the steel is about the same price as lumber, you've got a problem. Now lumber has, has come back down from its peak, but not near the level of how it was in 2019. Other building materials have come down in cost, and yet others have remained the same at their higher costs. So either way, it costs a lot more to build a house or apartment community compared to 2019. All right, so how do we invest our way out of the problem? Here at Wolf Investments, we added a development arm back in 2015, and we've now built townhome communities, apartment communities, and now we've begun the ultimate upcycle of converting vacant office buildings in downtown locations to mixed-use properties, with about 90% of those buildings being multifamily units. The zoning laws, construction costs, and staying within budget are all front of mind when you're doing a development project. Once we near completion of the development project, we, we start beginning the pre-leasing process. And in the end, we deliver brand new, beautiful housing in much needed locations. The cost of labor and materials make it impossible to build anything but an A-class property. There are government subsidized housing projects, but those tend to meet the housing needs of the lower demographic households in our country. Those that are in the middle class have to wait for those A-class properties to eventually become B-class properties many years down the road. So the properties that are being built today will eventually trickle down and then the cycle repeats itself. That's also why we invest in B-class properties, because there is really a supply-demand issue on those types of apartment buildings. But that's for a different video. The risks we take as developers are really based around the demand for our housing development one to two years down the road. We also estimate the rents in that one to two year period, and those are our best estimates. We also take on interest rate risk, and that's when we take the properties when they're full, we go to a longer term, lower interest permanent loan. The roads can be great, and if you choose the right locations in the right states, then building new housing development definitely has the wind at your back, as we've talked about all the housing shortage. We choose to invest in states that are landlord friendly, have population growth, have a diverse economy, and in development, we add in there already zoned for the use we want to build. Working on rezoning a piece of land is a great job for some of you out there, but here at Wolf Investments, we're only really in interested in development sites where we don't have to fight City Hall. We'd much rather work with them. America has an overall housing shortage in a big way, and not only that, but starter homes have really been on the downward trend over the past few decades. This has created a big imbalance between supply and demand, with demand winning out and looking very strong for the next few years for sure. To help solve that problem, Wolf Investments, along with our investors, are building apartment communities in multiple states. This has been Real Estate Investing with Kenny Wolf. Thanks so much for listening.